Hello, my fine feathered finks. What's going on? Kevin Goatee here, gutting the sacred cow. I just finished recording a fantastic episode. Oh, why? Well, nothing. Nick Whitmer rejoins me as co-host, but guess who decided to bring the heat? Bill Schultz returns with his buddy Brad Morris. Remember Brad? Of course you do. He did Hateful Eight, and of course you know Schultz. They wanted a tag team and try and take down the mega classic Home Alone. Oh boy. Tis the season. Before we get to it, don't forget gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us. And we love, love, love to share our five star ratings, two or three sentence reviews on your podcast platform of choice. Cannot thank you enough for that. Without further ado, it's time to see if Bill and Brad can take down Home Alone. I'm a star. I'm a star. I'm a star. I'm a star. I'm a big, bright, shining star. Nick Whitmer, guest co-host tonight. What's up, pal? That was a direct quote from me uh, in the waiting room before the show started. <laughs> As my affirmations, trying to get ready, you know. Can you name? I'm good. Can you name what quote that movie is from? I'm a star. 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 Is that how many stars, or there's another one? Uh, four, four I'm stars, gonna guess, and then I'm a big, bright, shining star. I'm going to guess a star is born. You know, that'd be too oh, easy and no. obvious, right? <laughs> no, it's not. Lady Gaga doesn't say that in that movie? Are you sure? No, no, we're going to Bill Schultz. Fan I mean, favorite of the show. I thought this was Boogie easy. Nights, obviously. Yeah, it is Boogie Nights, Bill. Very good. Yeah, come on. Bill, one of the few guests to get the, uh, the quotes, I would say like 60, 75% of the time consistently. Because I'm a virgin <laughs> and I have a lot of time to watch stuff. Yeah. Well, virgin, welcome back to gutting the sacred cow. We have ourselves a humdinger. By the way, this is not just a two on one. This is a two on two as Bill's pillow biting friend from days of your Brad Morris rejoins the show. Brad, remember him? Brad did the hateful eight not long ago. Bill said, guess what? I want to come back and do Home Alone, but I want to bring Brad Morris. I said, you bet your ass. So let's do it. Two on two tonight. We Brad. both grew up in John Hughes uh, territory. Yeah, we had to do it. Brad, welcome back. How have you been, pal? What's new and exciting? Oh, I'm 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 so happy to be back and uh, and yeah, just to lean heavily on Bill. Um, you know, when it comes to talking about a uh, um, about this movie, but everything's good. I'm I'm actually in Chicago right now. Um, there's a there's a blizzard. They have a blizzard, but it I think it's going to be like five inches of snow and it's cold. I don't know how that's any different than most days for the next four months here. Ironically, I was going to say, I, I hope everyone was sitting for that Chicago brain buster. Yeah. The, the weather is horrible. It's uh, in December. Is, there, yeah. is there an ominous old man shoveling snow in front of your house? Uh, old, 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 old man Marley misunderstood. He's just outside now. I'm going to go, I'm going to go give him a hug at church in a little while. Good. Oh. Good. <laughs> The aforementioned Home Alone is the choice film today. How timely with the holiday season upon us. Home Alone, a budget 1990, by the way, fellas, budget $18 million, a box office haul of $476.7 million. Insane. And turn that Insane. 2022 wow. money, get ready for this shit, budget 
$39.3 million. Box office hall, $1.04 billion. Wow. That is end, end game money we're talking here, fellas. I don't remember. I knew it was big. I didn't know it was that big. It's also undeserved money uh, that we're talking about. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, oh. The guns are fine. <laughs> guys, guys, I, you've been on all of you in this podcast before at least once. Can we at least pretend to keep a poker face before we know, sorry, before sorry, we sorry. show our hands? I'm talking to you, mm-hmm. Nick Whitmer. <laughs> IMDB, fellas, is a scale one through ten with decimal points. Let's. I tell you what, Brad, why don't you take a stab at it? What do you think IMDB has for Home Alone? Wow. Um. Am I doing it down to the tenths, or am I just yes, going yes, with yes, that? yes, tenths? Um, I bet it's at I bet it's at a uh, I bet it's at an eight point eight. Bill Schultz. And for the record, in high school, Brad and I were not known for our math. Uh, True. He called it the tenths, school. though. That was pretty good. Yeah. You like you like that? Yeah, yeah. it was good. Not nice. known for math or master coxmanship either. Hmm. True. <laughs> so me too. I was terrible in high school. Bill, what number was your number? Uh, what do you have for Home Alone on IMDb? Actually, Brad did really well as far as pussy is concerned in high school. Oh. But as far as the um, the number, all right, we, 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 Brad, what was yours again? It helps, gonna, just, it helps just to have a girlfriend. I think that was kind of <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, 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 what was your number again? I said eight point eight. I don't know. All right, yeah, I'm just gonna go like eight point five, so I can get anything below that. I'm gonna Nick. go nine point three. You guys wow. all, you guys all blew your load. Seven point seven. Whoa! That I means I win. Your side. Yeah. That, that means Schultz wins. Let's kick it off to. Uh, we'll go to Bill Schultz now. Critics' Rotten Tomato score, as we all know, one through one hundred. Bill, what did the critics say about Home Alone? Oh, seventy uh, percent. Seventy. Nick Whitmer. Uh, 69. Ah, you did. You took it from me, Brad Morris. I guess I got to go 71. Is that what I hate you? I hate you. You can, but Nick Whitmer is going to pick this one off 66% for the critics. Okay, we're going to kick it off now with Nick Whitmer. What did the audience give Home Alone? Uh, it's gonna be up there. It's gonna be up there. Yeah, I'd say 80, 84. Brad Morris. I guess I got to go back to what I what did I say initially? Yeah, that's yeah. too high. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it down to eighty six. Bill Schultz. I mean, I guess I'll go ninety because I, I like never underestimate the stupidity of the viewing public. <laughs> eighty for the audience. Uh, is that me again? That is you again. Oh, yeah. yeah, nah, Nick, you win. A little man. more, a little more celebratory tones for the man. He did just pull out two. Why? <laughs> I lost. I'm not going to fucking celebrate that. Quotes. Look what you did, you little jerk. Mm. The ubiquitous buzz. Your girlfriend. Woof. <laughs> on sweatshirts now i think yeah, yeah keep the change you filthy animal that one's got to be the top one of this film or uh you guys give up or you're thirsty for some more ironically uttered by bill schultz as he's on the receiving end of a glory hole mm. why why <laughs> come on factual I, although i do go to the port authority a lot let's be honest uh 
Uh, how about uh, Brad? Any quotes about you in this film, or did I leave? Uh, did I take them all for um, myself? You know, I think one of the underrated things about this movie, or or, or you know, not often talked about, is the uh, whole storyline with everyone going to Paris uh, or to France, uh, which is just. It could have been. They, I mean, they, were, they clearly were like, "Well, it needs to be a far enough away place that uh, it's hard to get home." But um, <laughs> I think one of the, uh, <laughs> you know, fourteen siblings uh, that Kevin McAllister has. By yeah. the way, I'm not positive about this, but it, it, at one point in those early scenes, you can't tell if who's a cousin, who's a sibling, and I, I think we don't see some of these kids a second time. But the sister at some point says, uh, Kevin, you are what the uh, French call les incompetents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was such a shitty thing, and it really stuck with me. What, what an asshole the sister was. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, God, that was like one of the few funny moments. Oh, that was like, the, I got a giggle with that. Yeah, yeah. I you know, like all the highbrow stuff, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know she were her that actress rehearsed that in her trailer eighty five times because that was her only line. That's, <laughs> That's right. Uh, I loved. Uh, I mean, I loved a lot about this, but Joe Pesci to me was amazing, and he had one line that always cracks me up: is when they're at the top of the in the attic and they're gonna take the rope across to the treehouse, and uh, Marv's like, he's gonna call the police, and he's like, from a treehouse. That line kills <laughs> me every good. time. Like he starts off by saying, right. like, what are you talking? And then it occurs to him, and then he, it's great. It's a great it, line. It, it is fun when logic uh, peeks its head out in this movie. Occasionally. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like Punxsutawney Phil. Bill Schultz quotes. Well, the one that stands out for me is uh, what's his name? The uh, shockingly has a uh, arc where he goes from everyone thinking he's a murderer to being the old man that saves the day at the end. No one saw that coming. Uh, I forget his name, but at at some point when Macaulay Culkin meets him in church, he goes, well, now everyone's welcome in church. I was raised Catholic. I have found that that is not the case. Uh, Especially the gays back in the 90s. uh, A lot of people are welcome in church and to the point where the wet bandits wouldn't even go into church. And I respected them for that. But Mm. that one stuck out with me. Um, How about you, Kev? Those are the ones I fired out. Those uh, those four when I came out of the, of the gates with. So those are the ones that jumped out. All right, let's kick on over to five fun facts. In its we'll be opening, the judge of that. <laughs> oh, they're fun. This first one is a doozy. In its opening weekend, Home Alone topped the box office, making seventeen million dollars in twelve hundred theaters. Insane. Whoa, whoa, whoa! This is what really made me uh, get my panties all moist. The movie maintained its number one spot for a full 12 weeks and remained in the top 10 until June of the following year. It became that's again, that was the bygone era where films were in the theater for three, four months without fail. Now it's four weeks and you know, you're on iTunes and two months after release date. So what, what, yeah. what day did this release? Like, was it a Christmas release or I think it was thing for some reason I'll look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's Thanksgiving. I remember cause I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. It would make more sense to be a Thanksgiving release, but it stayed in theaters till June. Yeah. Wow. That is Jeez. nuts. Uh, November 16th, I, I, 1990. <laughs> close. Okay. All right. That's, That's amazing. Uh, until uh-huh. June. I mean, Batman was in the theaters yeah, from June to October and that was 
a year before, the year before. Ugh. Number two. How about how hard it is to find some family fair, guys? Yeah. You know, stuff that everyone can enjoy. All right, fellas. You can two, always make money on the family stuff. Two guys turn down the role of Harry in this film. I'm going to give you one of them is a was 70s, 80s, 90s, I guess even 2000s fucking megastar. Absolute megastar. The second guy, more known in the 80s and 90s, uh, a, a little 2000s, but the, the first one, megastar. A couple guesses. Go ahead. Uh, Jack Nicholson? Nope. Not a bad Can guess. I watch Brad embarrass himself before I answer correctly? I, I was going to go with Pacino. You're in the Brad same vein. Closer. You're in the same vein. De Niro, De Niro, Robert De Niro, and John Lovitz, Man. and John Lovitz. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. If Robert, think- De, Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, this movie's like very different. With very them. different. Yeah. Do you think if Kevin? Do you think if De Niro was in it, he would Kevin McAllister would take his BB gun <laughs> and shoot him in that giant mole of his on his face? That's why he turned it down. He's like, I'm not letting that kid fuck with me. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not gonna let that be happen. No. Well, and then you know what? Years it's like, interesting years- before is because it's like it's like still like about five or ten years before De Niro completely sold out. And like right. if Home Alone came out in like '98, De Niro would be all about it. He would right. be in there just doing his De Niro cartoonish thing, like Pacino. And uh, yeah, he would have done it. Absolutely would have done it. Do you think if John Lovitz was in this film and then went to the part where he got blowtorched in the head, he would have said, "It stinks." <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact number three: Kevin places a tarantula on Mars' face, and it was indeed a real spider. Daniel Stern agreed to let it happen. But for only one take, what wasn't real was the scream. He had to dub that in later to not frighten the spider. Makes sense. Yeah. At least least you didn't see a glass uh, piece like uh, Dr. No with Sean Connery. Wait, wait, what was a glass piece? He had, he had glass covering him when the tarantula was going up in his bed and Dr. No. Oh, yeah, okay. We did that that a few weeks ago on this. An additional part of that is I I actually just saw this. I think someone put us it on TikTok is it, they they wanted to do an animatronic tarantula the entire time and they just couldn't get it to look, look good. So they wouldn't they didn't tell Daniel Stern until that day. Hey, by the way, we don't have the animatronic one. So it's got to be real. And he's like, all right, one one take, motherfucker. That's that is it. <laughs> That's that. That is. Oh, by a, the way, you know what that tells me? They never had an animatronic tarantula. Of course <laughs> that's not. That's what they yeah, it's fucking total. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like the infamous uh, scene in uh, Nakatomi, and when they when uh, Hans Gruber drops, the guy tells uh, Alan Rickman, "All right, it's gonna be one, two, three, and then drop." But what he does is he drops him on two, so it's a legit look of shock and fear in his yeah. face as he gets dropped. Uh, number four. Uh, I'm not gonna make make you try and guess. Chris Farley auditioned for the role of Santa, but obviously did not make the cut. Kelsey Grammer was almost cut, but he turned it down for the role of Uncle Frank. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wait, but he didn't get Uncle Frank either. So, like, he turned... I don't get it. He turned, oh, down, he he turned, turned in the role. He turned it down. Okay, got it. Got it, got it. Number Uncle five. Frank, the casting of Uncle Frank was pretty fantastic. Those yeah, are all, yeah, yeah, fun, was. That's a fun. I could have, I could have done with more Uncle Frank. You know. Yeah, he's a watered down Peter Boyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The film that plays when Kevin is hiding from the pizza guy, Angels with Filthy Souls, was a mock short created specifically for the film. A similar fake sequel appears in Home Alone Two. 
angels with filthier souls. Right. Yes. Oh, come on. Yeah. Bill, I hate that I know this. Devils with clean souls? (laughs) (laughs) That's a reboot. Bill, Bill did so much research for this. He was telling me I, I wanted to give him a chance to jump in with something for his own fun facts. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Matt, Again, listen, listen. Little... Let's let the audience begin their, you know, quench their journalism taste in our next segment. Ask a gutter. Good old Brando Oglesby, Newark Knight. Uh, he said, "Oh God!" And the sequel are my favorite Christmas movies. Home Alone. We're talking about obviously. Ooh. Bill and Brad, how long was it before you realized the detective film that Kevin was watching wasn't real? <laughs> yeah, too too long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> an hour and forty five minutes. Of, I mean, they did do it on black and white film, but um, it, uh, yeah. it 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 uh, I thought it reeked of being fake pretty much right away. Yeah. Well, right? and we're again, we're not that smart, but yeah. Well, I, was, I, I was also clear. like, I was also probably nine when I first saw this movie, so it's not like, yeah. you know, when, be- when you see something at nine and you just accept it as reality, it kind of takes a little bit for you to go, oh, that's oh, God's not real. That's right. I, I want to be able to say that you could point to like, you know, one of those characters and go like, oh my God, it's the guy from the Wingstop ads, but it's not that Wingstop. Like, yeah, you know what I mean, like. <laughs> It, it almost feels like, oh, those are character actors. We should know them. I'm sure they went out of their way to cast people that are sort of, you know, unrecognizable for the most uh, part. Right. But um, yeah, also just the way they wrote, they wrote all that dialogue. It was so, it was so uh, insanely suited and tailored for what was to come that it was like, yeah. Hey, yeah, that's the girl who dresses up in the old man suit in the Six Flags commercials. I recognize her anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, with all, with the lands that we live in now, with all these reboots and like nostalgia, someone should make an Angel Angel of Filthy Souls movie. Yeah, like I'm sure. Like Ryan Reynolds did that with uh, with uh, Deadpool. We can we yeah. can wish that into existence, right? Mm. Yeah, I'm going to disagree. I don't think anyone should make re- actually make an Angels mm-hmm. with Filthy oh, Souls movie. Great. I don't think that's a good idea. No. Because you, all you're waiting for is keep the change of Filthy Animal and the one, two, yeah, ten, and you shoot him. Yeah. Uh, that's how Joanne signed off on my Christmas card, actually. Keep what? the change of Filthy, filthy Animal. animal. Oh, oh. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm more surprised that you got your Christmas card. Next question. Yeah, me too. <laughs> same, same Brandon Oglesby again. And does John Candy's appearance in this film make it better, or is it a useless cameo? What? Better. Who's this that, person? He's asking. Brad, I'll let you answer first, but I know your I know your <clears throat> response. Go ahead. I mean, I, uh, I, 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 again, for me, it's like all you want is to just follow Candy and, and O'Hara and go someplace else with them. I, I mean, I, 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 whoever said that is is a is a tasteless hack oh, uh yeah that's no, that's no good and by the way that is clearly improvised that whole chunk where yes was, it was about, where she's talking about you know but have you ever left your son anywhere uh alone funeral and, parlor and <laughs> she goes the whole run about the funeral parlor yeah and uh it's fantastic and by the way yeah Great. You're never going to be able to sell me on, and I don't care what it is. And I know there are plenty of, of terrible movies that John Candy was affiliated with, but he's never the problem. He's never the nope. problem. Yes. Yeah. Nope. yeah. 
No yeah, nah. He was only available for like 24 hours. So they literally shot yeah. all of his scenes and he improvised most of it. And he got like paid like a day rate. $415. Yeah. And he was supposed to be $450 candy got. Yeah. Right, Unbelievable. He was supposed to be yeah. in Home Alone 2, but now he was like, wait a second. I did the other one for 500 bucks. Can you throw me a bone? And they're like, eh, sorry, John, we don't have that kind of money. So he didn't get Ugh. it. So. Another reason. Well, and Brad, I, I wrote it down because it resonated with me. You know, his polka band, I mean, polka, shockingly, polka, was constant based. Polka. Do you remember their name? I'm not gonna watch that. Oh, <laughs> remind just, me. The Kenosha Kickers. Yeah, yeah. yeah now, I just Kenosha, watched it. Kenosha yeah. is an across the border town uh-huh. from Illinois to Wisconsin, I, where Brad and I, with our shitty IDs, yeah, we're still able to get into bars. That's right, in Kenosha. That's right. They barely looked <laughs> at them, and it resonated with me for that reason. They, uh, he, had, he had a few good. He had a few good. I'm sure he improvised the names of the different, um, you know, singles that they had recorded that he was proud of and that had done well. Uh, but you know, he dropped a Sheboygan reference in there. I mean, you oh, just yeah. like wind him up and let him go. I was uh, that it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Watch this, ready? I think one of them was like, Oh, you might remember us from our hit, uh, Poka Poka Poka. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> that was it. And then he starts thinking, He goes, Poka Poka Poka, and it's like, dude, it's, like, it's so funny because, like, why, like, come on, uh, by the way, anyone best. watching that is like, Why am I watching this bratty blonde kid? When I want to watch a whole movie about John Candy's, but now, band. but now, yeah. but now, imagine, and now imagine uh, uh, the 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 young man that Kevin is, uh, you know, referencing here, who instead is watching this movie and going, you know, this movie is tighter than a drum plot wise. I love the character development, and it is end to end funny and sweet. Why the fuck do they slow it down with John Candy? Man. And I'm like, what? What are you watching? By the way, yeah. the, the, oh, real, yeah. the real follow-up we were we were completely you know devoid of and we we deserve really could be planes, trains, and automobiles too, Catherine O'Hara and John Candy's trek to go get him. Be amazing. Amazing. Great. We're all aboard for that, right, fellas? Okay. I looked up you know what yeah. I looked up because um um I, I was surprised in uh, in re-watching it. Uh, I was trying to figure it out without, like I knew it was 1990. I don't know her age exactly. Catherine O'Hara, 36 years old. You could have told me she's 46. Right. She, she sort of is ageless in a lot of ways, but um, she's great. And she's beautiful uh, in it too. I was like, you could see where she could have had a different type of career uh, and not one that I would have wanted her to have. But, you know, it's like. Yeah. But also it was so clear and and you know, I just rewatched it too. Like everything she's wearing, and like but the 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 sh- they were literally just button down blouses that she wore all the way up to the neck. Huge um, linebacker shoulder pads in her blazers. It was not a great time for uh, female fashion. Uh, everyone, you could have been a, a double D or a yeah. C cup. We wouldn't know. Um, they all look like a you know a lineman on the Bears uh, and. And like, I remember, and Brad, I'm sure you had it too. Like when you're a kid, you know, there's like hot moms, but you got so little about their hotness because they're all wearing shit like that. And I remember every once in a while, mom would wear this like sexless soccer mom thing that she was wearing in Home Alone. And they'd bend over a little bit and you'd see a hint of like a bra strap in between their many buttons. Mm. <gasps> and that would be enough. That would be enough. You'd see a little bit of that, like, uh, all right, I'll have to dine out on that a little bit. That's all you had. <laughs> 
<laughs> Next one. We got at Rex Crumb. I hate Home Alone so much that if I had the time, I would send Bill Schultz a DVD so he could put a cigarette on it during tonight's recording. Fine with that. Send me the cigarettes, too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anthony's not giving races out for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> what? Of course. At Lord Snurts, one of the few films, I, Christmas films that I enjoy, but that's probably nostalgia. Here's my question. Kevin is an adult. What is his occupation? Oh. I, and you chastised me because I answered on Twitter, so I'll let Brad go first. Uh, I feel like he's uh, he's I think he owns a mattress shop. Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, I think he's he's a he's a small business owner. He does it his own way. He makes his own ads. He loves mixing it up with people. It's I mean, one thing I don't want for Kevin is for him to you know go into like be like a hedge fund bro. I don't want that for him. I'm sure that could have that's that's one road he could have gone. But right. I like to think that he, he did learn something along the way, and he uh, he, lo- he he loves pulling people together. And mattresses are a great way to make people happy. Brad, I respect that, and I want that for Kevin. But remember, he grew up in Winnetka, right. so he's going to be a hedge fund dude. You're right about that. <laughs> yeah, he went to, we fucking went, yeah. we went to New Trier. You're right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you want you want to well, say you want to say like a, you, you want to say like an all state like a local branch owner of an all state insurance company. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 that or he pissed away all of his parents' money when they died in a plane crash, and then pow, here he is sucking dudes off at a bus station. By the way, don't get me wrong. Well, that's very dark. I I think it, it's possible. I, I also don't. I mean, look, there's a there's like a Jordan Vandersloot version of, of Kevin McAllister too. You know what I mean? Like, right. He goes to Aruba or Barbados. He murders someone, and then he just is like, "I, I've got a bloodlust, and I'm going to keep this going until." <laughs> He's way too emotive with everything, yeah. uh, screaming, what have you, to be that much of a sociopath. Come on, yeah. He's murdering a girl in an island. Come on. Right. True. Next question. Uh, well, Bill says, I bet Kevin went the way of Frank Abagnale and catch me if you can. So yeah, I see him being like in jail for being a con man. Yeah. <laughs> at race at race to Canis. Oh my god, this movie sucks and I was su- about to suggest doing it on the show LOL. Question. Most annoying child actors of all time. Great question. I lo- I have two answers that are very firm, but I'll allow my my guests and co-hosts to go before me. I uh hmm. I don't know yeah, most annoying child actors. I, I, uh, I was not. I, I didn't love the character Urkel, and I didn't love Jaleel White as Urkel. I, I, yeah, that works. I would co-sign that. Yeah, I would co-sign yeah. that too. Not a fan. Yeah. I never liked Screech either, or, or yep. Dustin Diamond. Oh God, no. Yeah. Which is, by the way, it's in the same. It's in the same. Uh, right. You know, genre, which yeah. is just the 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 over the top nerd. Uh, or whatever that's supposed to be, but yeah, with the, with the altered voice. Um, also, by the way, whoever the actress is, I don't know what happened to her. I'd be curious to know. But the the uh, the girl who played the, the lead, uh, the eponymous role in Small Wonder, Vicky, terrifying, <laughs> terrifying, terrifying. Dude, dude, do you remember? I went to college with her at Emerson. You did? Yes, yes. Did I, did I did meet I, her? Did I not tell you this? 
This is an amazing story. So the girl that played Vicky in Small Wonder went to Emerson. Come on. And I, and I want to I want to preface this by saying I did not do this. I was in the classroom with her when it happened, but of course every dickhead at Emerson would would go up to her, and I hate to say it, like you know she didn't age. She she you could tell she was Vicky, no. but pimples, maybe a little weight, all that stuff. But everyone would go up to her in class and be like, Vicky, did you do your homework? Are you late? And it was brutal. She ends up leaving freshman, uh, leaving freshman year from Emerson College and becomes like, um, a, like a Christian fundamentalist. Oh, I was going to yeah. guess life coach. Yeah. Well, same difference. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I was wow. in classes with Vicky. Yes. Yeah. And I did not do the robot thing. Can't emphasize that enough. I was going to also cool. guess uh, OnlyFans star that makes about twenty eight dollars a month. <laughs> well, all right. I don't. I haven't updated my Vicky knowledge. That could be a fact. <laughs> she she might have poured rubber cement in a wrong orifice and is paying the price in her later years. You never know. Uh, I still feel terrible about that. And you know what the problem is? I didn't do the robot voice, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't speak out for her. I didn't go up to yeah. the other episode. What are you, her like, white knight? You don't do that. You know. You know. You, were, you know. You weren't. You were not an ally. You were not. An I was ally. not an ally. I wasn't a, a rally. That's what uh -huh. they call robot allies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, that, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. You, you ask her to go out. Like, would you like a blowjob in the back of your 1986 Toyota Camry? Dude, uh, dude, I think people kind of did do that. <laughs> like, it, it, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, I, I have, memory. I have two. I'm going to say without fail, and I've never watched one episode. I just see this little twerp on commercials and clips from his show. And it's the kid who plays young Sheldon. He's on, he's on Jeopardy sometimes as a category <laughs> and his face and smugness annoy yeah. me because he thinks he's as smart as his character, but he's a dumb dildo who just read lines off cards. Like he's not a fucking a brown undergrad. Let's cut the bullshit. The other one I just <laughs> absolutely, I got Brad on that one. The other dildo I cannot well, stand. I, I, I sort of appreciate also, um, Reference like everyone goes to Harvard or Yale with the, with the quick uh, you know Ivy League reference. I like that you went with Brown that's, off the beaten yeah. path, man. See, that's why I also just love calling a nine year old a dumb dildo. You know, it's just it's wholesome. All for it. All and for it. The other kid annoys me and, I, and it angers me how he has a showbiz career. I don't even know his name. He's that kid. I don't watch the show either, but I see him in commercials yet again. He's that kid from Stranger Things who's missing fucking teeth and sticking the lips. That's he's, it. Yeah, he's great. He's great. His teeth, his teeth and a mouth just annoy me. Go. How is this kid having a role in Hollywood when he's got a meth mouth at the age of twelve? Meth mouth. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was one of my favorite Cosby Kid characters. <laughs> Meth mouth, <laughs> dark side of the Cosby Kid show. <laughs> oh, Michael Sarah can go fuck himself too. Let's add him in the mix. No, but he, he, would, he he was an adult playing a kid though. You know, well, yeah, I do I do feel a little bit like that. That was uh, that that is who's who does a good Michael Sarah impression? I feel like that should be one that that should have well, been. <laughs> I thought that was the other way around. All of them. Every yeah. single one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, and like, all right. So basically, Drew Barrymore is almost exactly the same age as Brad and I are. Uh, I'm Brad's elder. I'm two days older. Two days. But, uh, and he never treats me with the respect I deserve. But um, <clears throat> so I remember my mom telling me when she grew up with Leave It to Beaver, right? She was huh. the same age as Beaver. And she hated how cutesy he was because she felt she was this same age and much more mature 
and World's Weary than this punk that was playing Beaver. I remember thinking of that punk. in E.T. Because punk. I would watch Drew Barrymore, who was my age, and she was acting like she was cuter and younger. And I'm like, no, nah, we are far more world weary at this age. And wow. we are we are kids of letters at this yeah. age. And I remember not not liking Drew Barrymore because I'm like, no, we, we, we don't act like that. We are far more mature at this age. And I think you should. My mom was the same with Beaver. You should be a guest in her studio audience at her talk show and air your grievances while she's on air. Would love it. Would love it. And then would also like to date her because uh, I could use some cash. Just but, offer, um, just offer, just offer Sarah uh, uh, some drugs. She'll fall right back into uh, bad practices, and you can land her. It always amazes me. She never gave up drinking. All yeah. those drugs, so early on, but she still drinks her. Uh, yeah, Bill. Right, <laughs> Bill approach. Yeah, Bill writes. Bill writes right, back I'm to playing. this uh, to the uh, child actor. He wrote the kid who played. Uh, in the remake of Miracle on 34th Street, I hated her with the fire of a thousand Yule Logs. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, she sucked. Yeah. Festive. Oh, she's trying to be so cute. And like a fake list. Oh, fuck her. I hated her. Hated her. Her haircut was annoying. All right. Because, <laughs> because no one listens to the end of podcast, we're going to do our credits and our plugs now. Brad Morris, <laughs> where can we find you? Uh, you know, in- increasingly no place. Uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I did I did uh, a, some, shot some episodes of a show that'll come out, I don't know, maybe in the summertime called Single Drunk Female. Um, I a like Drew Barrymore story? It's the Drew Barrymore story. <laughs> Very nicely sewn in, Kevin. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's on Hulu, I think. Um yeah, I don't know. And then and then uh Brad Morris 773, although I don't I, are we allowed to stay on Twitter? What happens now? Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Uh it feels a little bit like I'm staying at the party long after lights were turned on and it's kind of awkward. Uh and uh yeah, I don't know. Instagram and then, you know, uh, just around. We usually right now for the next few days uh at Italian beef stands and pizza places mostly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bill Schultz, where can we find you besides Washington Square Park asking people to bum a cigarette? It's different than bum. First of all, I don't even know the codes uh, as far as who I solicit. Uh, it's kind of <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, uh, we're still, Joanne and I are still Monday through Thursday uh, at compoundmedia.com. Yeah. Uh, I forget what the subscription thing is. You can't afford not to subscribe to it. If you DM me, <laughs> maybe I'll send you a free password. Uh, put it that way. But, um, yeah, and that's it. And uh, I don't think I have anything in entrepreneur anytime really soon. Um, but the other thing I would also say is everyone needs an editor, which is why I do at Entrepreneur. Nick Whitmer, what are you up to? My first comedy special is out on a lovely streaming platform called Tubi. It's called Always Hungry. Uh, and I'm really proud of it. I think you should go watch it. Every time someone watches it, I get paid money. And Tubi's free, so there's no excuses. Yeah, put it on as a soundtrack of you have, as you have sex. Exactly. Don't forget to check out Fantasy Football Jibber Jabber in the Metaverse. Myself and Nick Whitmer co-host that baby where we give out free money picks. We were on fire these this last month as well as fantasy football advice. Hey, by the way, take the Bears plus the nine. Uh, we did that already. You're welcome. And uh, <laughs> go do, listen, leave a five-star rating, two or three sentence review for this very fine podcast. We appreciate that. And if you want to advertise with us, Gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com. Nick Whitmer, let's let this not so ambiguously gay duo do what they've come to do. 
Pausing for laughter. That hits. Thank you. Let's welcome them to Gut the Sacred Cow. I can't. I can't believe we're already like an hour in, and now we're just, <laughs> we're just we're, we're just a bunch of gals around a sewing circle and just chewing the shawl. It, it, it does feel like we did it already. I, 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 I honestly thought yeah. we were signing off. The good news is I have no place to go, so I'm 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 happy to stay. Yeah, me too. Um, Bill, I'll let you I'll let you kick it off here. Um. It uh, like all right, so I go back and forth with Kevin about this a lot. Is like, can it be a classic if it doesn't age well? Like, so A, B, or C, like anything from like Gone with the Wind to whatever. If it doesn't age well, is it still classic? I say no, it is not because like no comedy ages well, really none. Which is why Caddyshack is such a revelation because it's still hilarious. And no comedy that's even 20 years old is as- Wrong, old as wrong, wrong. Naked Gun and Airplane are still flawless. Okay, yeah, there's an exception to every rule, oh. Dick. I just gave but, you two. So you're, but you're saying 20 years old, so in the 90s, like Ace Ventura and like all those- Dumb movies, and Dumber. They're not as they used to be. Uh, They're great. Oh, no, I disagree. Uh, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. These are very few. Billy oh, Madison, I watch it again. Um, but so, th this one, fails on every level of whatever it was and why it got the zeitgeist as, as it did in 1990. Because it, uh, I'll go back to when I thought we were editing the show, everyone needs an editor. What the hell are you doing with the extended cast? You already got a problem with the budget. They had extended from 10 million to 14 million. The annoying uncle, the other family. Now it's Kevin, his stupid brother. So, 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 so and as a viewer, you're trying to keep track of all these stupid people that mean nothing to the plot. And this, this is a, um, I think there's a version where this is a, like a bad, like a classic bad studio note, because this is obviously a big studio movie where they're like, in the first draft, you could see potentially that it's like, it's just the immediate family and it's the same story. And they go, it's kind of hard to believe that we don't know where Kevin is if there's only five people. Good point. Yeah. yeah. So it's you're like you get in the car and one of your kids is missing. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, what? You're, working, you're trying to create yeah. like, the cover uh, 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 with A chaos. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that's the reason I think it's there. But, uh, but I'm with you. And also, I just go back to the John Candy thing. Like, you know, go ahead and give me 25 cousins uh most of whom we don't see more than you know for three seconds uh yeah. but you, can't, you can't pay a a legend who by the way at that moment he was already john Candy. huge like oh, huge yeah. yeah like like he's doing a favor for chris columbus and john hughes yeah, yeah. ridiculous um and so you're paying attention to all that crap. And this movie could have gotten a lot of ways. And so going back to the way too much extended family, one of the original drafts, you know, the annoying uncle, that's like a dick from beginning to end. The original draft was that he paid Joe Pesci and uh, what's his name, Daniel Stern, to rob the place because he was jealous of Macaulay's super rich family's success. And then they all three divvy it up. I'm on board with that. That's actually not bad. Otherwise, wow. Welcome, but that was the original plot, and also the movie's so stupid where they still make him such a jerk, but without any of the payoff. It's just like, no, oh, he's a jerk, 
but at the end, it was supposed to be that he was a mastermind of all of all of them. And um, the other, like the, the sheen that is a John Hughes trying to present the suburbs as this idealized Norman Rockwell version of Americana, and even though he only wrote the script constantly frustrates me uh as it does trying to find any person of color in this movie um i (laughs) (laughs) it is it like everyone's got the perfect haircut as he did when he remade uh miracle on 34th street it's like it's modern time but everyone's dressed like the 40s perfect suits beautiful lighting no black people but um that always bothered me but also um, and this is very artist subjective, so is opinion. You're either a Three Stooges guy or you're not. And I never was. I hated the Three Stooges. I was always like, even though it was comedy and it was supposed to be cartoonish, anytime one of them would get hurt, I just had a visceral reaction with it. And I'll tell you what, from beginning to end with Home Alone with their slapstick humor, the minute Daniel Stern's foot slowly goes on to that nail, nail um, and this is a kid that's had a lot of tetanus shots. I was out. Uh, I felt it. My foot felt it. And it wasn't funny to me. And it was cheap for those that thought it was funny. All that crap. I mean, uh, Daily, D- Daily Beast interviewed a doctor to actual how much physical damage would have occurred to all I saw of them. that too. Uh, yeah, it was great. Um, but it, this movie did not know what it was. Uh, from beca- And also like a weird kind of... Uh, Aside from uh, the Peanuts Christmas special, this is like one of the few mainstream things that was had a lot of Christianity in it. Uh, from the church scenes where the wet bandits refuse to go into the church. And, you know, as I said at the beginning, the old guy that shockingly isn't so bad after all at the end. Uh, he's like, everyone's welcome in church. This thing actually, and, you know, Macaulay Culkin hanging out in the manger scene, it's very pro-Christian in a world where Christmas movies don't have any Jesus in them whatsoever. And I like those movies. I I found that like um, so many years later watching it, it was a lot. I mean, he even does the sign of the cross before he eats and all that crap. And uh, it it takes you out of it. All of that, not needed. And he's a McAllister, so he's a dirty Irish. I'm sure he is Catholic. But, um, <laughs> you don't even say d- dirty, just say Irish. We all yeah, know. Yeah, just Irish. Just Irish. And, <laughs> Kidding and also, all of our Irish like, friends. It takes place in the real world, and there's just so many things. And yeah, I know it's a comedy, and I know it slaps all that, but it takes place in the real world. And the fact that the old man just drops after saving Macaulay's life, uh, just drops him off at the home, still alone with the cops, is like, well, I guess that's it. Like, never even curious as to where the parents might be. And across the board throughout the entire film, the logistics of everyone that's aware. And I also go back to the stupid running gag of Macaulay queuing up um, angels with filthy whatever, stupid, um, and using the soundtrack of it to shoot people. Well, the pizza boy, once he starts getting hit by what sounds like an AK-47, I'd probably call the cops. I would say if I'm not even Good getting point. a tip and someone <laughs> and then um, oh and they, they do it a lot and the burglars also how many lunches could you have they rob the entire fucking neighborhood but they're so obsessed with what they know is a kid that's still in this house even if it's just a kid and the phones are off why what are you doing the vendetta aspect 
makes zero sense. And you're taken out every which way but loose by all of the holes in this stupid movie. Um, and I got a million more, but I've, I've talked too much. Brad, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I hope the um, outside noise. You make a lot of great points. <clears throat> and uh, you, no, you do. You make a lot of great <laughs> points. And, and then, yeah. And, and then, yeah, I watched this movie again and, and uh, I just go, uh, what, what else do you want from uh, from a holiday movie like this is pretty much like, you know, first of all, as far as the the, um, you know, not standing the test of time thing and, and the, the agelessness of it all and timelessness of it all. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's a lot, honestly, at this point where, you know, in in uh, what was 1990, like, first of all, the logistics of just being home alone and not having contact with a kid like it doesn't exist anymore. Now you're you're able to there's no like they literally go through a whole thing in this movie of like, oh, the phone lines are down. Like they go to great lengths to make sure there's no way to actually connect with this kid. And the kid like never has any interest in actually going across the street, even to old man Marley and going like I was left here alone. He, he decides that this is actually this is a great opportunity for me to grow up over the next few days and learn a lot of lessons. So we're like kind of forgiving a lot of insane logic shit. So I just move all that to the side. And for me, you're getting, first of all, God damn is John Hurd great in tiny little fucking moments in this movie. That guy, that guy is in the hall of fame of character actors for me, where you're like, you're you're made to be this guy that is not paying great attention, right? And 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 this suburban dad. And by the way, back to the John Hughes of it all. Like, yeah, like this is part of the canon of of John Hughes, uh, and it is sort of Jesusy in a way. It's like John Hughes with with complicated young white guys that have it all, who are kids or teenagers that are wreaking havoc on the world who then finally kind of learned something. So Ferris Bueller, did he learn anything? I'm not actually sure. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Devin McAllister, at least in this movie, and maybe it's because 20th was like, the kid's got to fucking learn something, John. By the end of the movie, he's he does go to church. He does have that, that he helps that guy out. He's giving, and he's, by the way, let's not forget, he bought milk, he bought Eggs, fabric softener, fabric yeah. softener. And my favorite, maybe one of my favorite lines, and it's completely out of context, means nothing, is John Hurd's response to that is, you're a funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good line. Yeah. What, what does that mean? Like, funny how? How do I have funny, 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 amusing? Uh, so, <laughs> That's his version I of you. So I got to say, like, now, like, as the dad of, of nine-year-old kids, like, they... They'll watch this movie with me. Like Elf is their Elf is their holiday. Elf goes. It doesn't matter if it's December, November, or or August. Elf comes on, and they're stopping everything and they're watching Elf. And I put Elf in a different category than I put this movie as far even in the holiday genre. But I gotta say, like, Culkin was he was good in this movie as this yeah. kid. He was really good. Like I thought. See, he was I disagree. I don't think that ages well. Uh, like, I thought he was one of the few times that a kid was endearing rather than annoying in a movie. But now that I watch it as old as I am, annoying? I think he's annoying. Yeah. Well, I, that's I his he's, arc. He's supposed to be annoying. It. 
No, That's I mean, just like his, yeah. his choices. Uh, when okay. he explores the space as an actor. I, I, I uh. like, I think that um, it is very difficult. I mean, you know, that famous Robert Altman quote where they asked him, like, how do you make a great movie? How dare you? Casting. How dare you bring Altman into this conversation? <laughs> totally doing it. Casting, casting, casting. And everyone always casts annoying child actors that are mm -hmm. annoying because they're child actors. And Macaulay Culkin was a great casting move because he really wasn't that. And he was actually kind of cute. But I, I don't think his performance ages well. But if you're going to, and you're going to hate this, Kev, if you're going to look at a wonderfully casted kid that comes off as legit and not trying to be cute. Not your Christmas story. No, look no further than a Christmas story. Fuck that Ralphie, movie. Be, Ralphie beats Macaulay Culkin all the hell. Disagree. I don't even, yeah, and I know that I'm supposed to be like matching those guys up like they're Tyson and, and Ali, but like, I don't even, <laughs> I don't oh, even watch. They're not, they're not, I don't even like those two movies have to me, the only thing they have to do with each other is literally that the backdrop is Christmas time. That, yeah. That's it. That's it. Like, they're just not, they're not even the same. And also story. one's good and the other isn't. Well, I, uh, yeah, you're yeah, mm. right. Yeah, I don't know. By the now, way. Home Alone's fine, but to Brad's point, like, it is, um, you know what it is? It's window dressing. You have it on with mute if you're having a Christmas party or if you're trying to get work done. But it, to say it's a classic, I will say, I will, I will say, you got to sit there and be like, mm, oh, yeah. I will say, I will say, I will say, I will say, like, your thing about the Three Stooges, I, I, I do, I, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of validity to that. Like, I think if you don't like, if you don't like, oh, like, if you don't like, um, you know, bad guys or idiots uh, getting, you know, beaten up for a long time, you're, you're going to hate, you're going to hate the second half of this movie. I mean, oh, yeah. that's, that's mostly what it is. Then you also hate Roadrunner and Wally Coyote, which makes you a goddamn <laughs> communist do. in my book. I mean, I'm a commie. Oh, it's like, the, aren't the bad guys supposed to get beat up? Like, what are we doing with this sympathy? Yeah, Is stepping a it, nail? Like, it, was oddly, it was weird torture porn. And, <laughs> it was, uh -huh. it was, and, and oh, Joe man. Pesci. By the way, this shows you how long ago it was. I, God help me. I don't know <clears> how they did this, but like Joe Pesci uh, said recently that he actually got horrific burns with the famous when he comes in. And oh, gets did he? Like, how was that real fire? For an yeah. A-list star, <laughs> like, like sure. uh, yeah, but um, it's uh, the, py the pyrotechnic guy came in and he goes, "Well, we tried it every which way, but the only way to really do this is to do it." You know, <laughs> like they, they like they conned him with the tarantula. That's it. By, yeah, the yeah, way, yeah. Yeah. By, by the way, yeah. and on the tarantula, the reason I know the tarantula was real, other than just having a great set of eyes and being able to really detect these things, is that um, uh. There's a shot where the tarantula gets tossed at some point and it falls like it's on, back. on its back and it yeah. flips over. Yeah. And I was like, that's genius that they use that. For, and maybe that was the only one they could get because there was like oh, yeah. someone from ASPCA that was there going like, you get one shot. And yeah. Uh, and they fucking drop this thing on its back. But it's like in that moment, you're like, it makes a weird little movement that only an, a real animal could make. Right. Oh, yeah. I, ironically, the same guy who worked as the pyrotechnic guy in Home Alone also worked as the weapons person on the film Russ with Alec Baldwin. <laughs> 
Not too I, soon. Not too soon, by the way. It's, 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 it's allowed. Uh, enough time has elapsed. What other not points it. you fellas have here? Um, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I thought great casting on the grownups. I mean, I, I, I maintain that. Like, you know, even Daniel Stern, which, you know, it's like, it, you know, it, it's it's also like it's a tricky time to uh, to be looking backward and be like, oh, you got a Jewish uh, robber during Christmas time. It's, it's, it's a tough time for that. But um, but I, I I like their their relationship. It's a classic like alpha beta bad guy you know little guy boss big guy moron kind of thing happening and and i, I enjoyed all that but again you put Catherine o'hara and john hurt i'd watch Catherine o'hara and john hurt i know he's dead now but i'd watch those two as a couple all day long uh um what else did I like i don't know by the way i never pay attention to this stuff but because you guys asked us to do some thinking on it um there's a really good score to this movie. Like it's. The score, well, I was gonna say that. I'm Dan. You to my first fucking yeah, point. The score is. I have that in my notes too. The score is outstanding. It's fantastic. Yeah. Although, is it now? Famously, <laughs> famously, they sent a print to John Williams, who was yep. way ahead of their pay gauge, and he liked the initial print so much that he agreed to do the soundtrack. Yep. And it's great. It's. Yep. But like, here's the thing. Uh, for people that are listening that are young, kill yourself because it gets worse. Uh, <laughs> and when you get to my age, uh, kill yourself. Horrific. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kill yourself because earworms are horrific. <clears throat> now, if I get a John Williams song that's an earworm and it's like a Raiders score or a Star Wars score, okay, fine, fair enough. Because earworms last forever when you're my age. You get the Home Alone soundtrack in your head, you are putting a fucking twelve gauge in said head. You're welcome. Anyone my age has now got it for a week, Dude, and it the, goes on and on, and it ain't good. The it best good version, the best version of White Christmas, by the way, the boo doo boo doo but it's perfect, oh, dude. It's yeah. so good. Is that Bing Crosby? No, no, Bing Crosby is the original, but this is like another one. This is like a. I actually listened to it earlier uh, just to make sure I wasn't high. <laughs> I was like, this is really good. Yeah. It's an excellent version. Okay. Any other notes, fellas? Here or that's all? I I can. Yeah. I mean, no, no. I'm, I know. I, I, I know. I know. I'm just. I'm ready. To what about go. you two guys? <laughs> are, are we done? We got more. The, no, I, I think that's it. I, okay. You know, yeah. Good. Give me a both of you. Give me a scale, a score, a scale, a score one to ten on the old scale. Do I get to use tenths? Did I already ask? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you uh, Trace uh, Ali, Clarice, Trace Ali. I give it. I give it. I give it. A, I give it like a solid eight out of ten. I really do. You know you were supposed to trash this. Yeah, I that's all I did. Podcast. You never <laughs> told me. We didn't talk about this. We didn't talk about this. I was wondering. Oh. I was like, the more he talks, I think he liked it. Is this now called <laughs> filleting the sacred cow? <laughs> to even out, maybe, to I'm, out maybe, maybe I'm in a vulnerable moment and uh, <laughs> feeling nostalgic. It is to watch this movie. Yeah, like, you're home for this Christmas. time of year and the snow starts to fall and you're in fucking Chicago. Give me a break, Bill. You're, yeah. wearing, a, you're wearing a bull sweater. You know? Yeah, but like, you know, you're asked to sympathize with the multi-million millionaire kid he's not even upper middle class the, the kevin calendar <coughs> is loaded it's like the same john hughes thing as christmas vacation where you're meant to um sympathize with clark because is he gonna get the pool for his family like, like uh, it's wait, amazing you're, you're, wait, you're trying to tell me what okay so christmas story you like so much more in large part because 
they're struggling financially? Not necessarily struggling financially, but they're more relatable to average Americans. I mean, we've all had issues with that creepy heater. Was so, it heaters? So, yeah. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think so. I, like, in, I, think, I know the accesses of the su- Chicago suburbs, but most most Americans would. How rich? How, hard to sympathize. How, how much more money do you think the McAllisters have than Cameron or Ferris? Less, uh, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. Believe me. Look, I'm not. I'm never going to destroy Ferris Bueller. But you're. You're not wrong. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, it's. It's. It's hard to sympathize. But um, Bill, give me a number for the love of Christ. Even to even out Brad's traitor that he is, I'll say four. We never. We never said that. That's that. This is what we were doing. (laughs) Yeah, you're supposed to trash the movie. All right. I did that with Hateful Eight, and I, this one grabbed me. It grabbed me in my my soft uh, soft spots. That's because you're a Nazi sympathizing pedophile. Oh, right. that is the best grinder name I've ever heard. That that was the target market for this movie. So. I, took the vowels, I took the vowels out, so it's it's actually it's, it's I can't I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see that band at Lilith Fair next summer. Yeah, fantastic! It's a double bill with uh, who's the one? It was Sarah McLaughlin. Um, Gina yeah. Bisconti's favorite. Hey, all right, Nick, nope, Whit- Nick Whitmer. Look, you got your work cut out for you. You got one guy who's on your side, maybe one guy is on your side, maybe. <laughs> I'm trying to keep an air of mystery here, but I don't know how that's going to come out. Go ahead, Nick. What do you have as a score? No, no, no. I'll hear your notes first and oh. then your score. Oh, Jesus um, Christ, yeah, so you've done I, this what, three or four times already. No, but that you asked them their score and then they said, oh. What do you got? So I was a little yeah. that's why I was confused. Oh. I listen, I, this movie, it's like it's it's just a warm sweater it's great it's such a great it's christmas it's like do you hate joy do you hate (laughs) seven degree 70 degree days do you hate low jobs like this is just perfect it's like there's not like all the things that are far-fetched about this movie and i agree i agree there are some weird logic but they at least make an attempt to explain everything like they're in paris why do they go to paris well it's very it's it's only like on one line of dialogue and it sucks when exposition is what's you know giving you the details of the story but um john hurt's brother lives in paris they're actually staying at his apartment now they don't show him in the movie again maybe that's not a great thing but that's the reason they're going to visit family in paris to spend christmas in paris by the uh, way but is this the same brother who has a fucking yes, condo in town i was gonna say i think it's the same brother who is housey booby oh they're they're right hurting too. for money yeah. right? <laughs> um but uh, the phone's not working uh they, they even show the tarantula a few times in the background it's just like it, it's like to me this movie it's like i know it's formulaic but it's not citizen kane like it's it's a holiday family movie it's a, it's supposed to appeal to six-year-olds and 46-year-olds you know like that's what the purpose of the movie is so of course you can pick apart logic here and there but it was great. I thought the arc of Kevin, he was a brat in the beginning. He stays home. He kind of realizes that without his family, he's miserable. He goes to church and he confesses to the old man. He's like, I was terrible. I was bad. And that's why my family's away. And then he gets his family back after defending his house. So there's like an arc there. There's an arc to the old man. He fucking meets his, he, he ends up talking to his kid. He's scary. And then he's nice. And you know what I mean? Like to me, like this movie is just great. And the physical comedy, like physical comedy sucks now. What it's a like, Greek hero's journey. No, no, <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's what it's supposed to be. You you're you're you can't shit on you can't shit on a fucking tiger for being a tiger. Like it's supposed to be that. That's what it's supposed to be. It's a Christmas say movie. This movie is a warm sweater. I say just go buy a warm sweater. It he will do you better. I will buy diarrhea. a warm sweater, drink he hot cocoa, and watch this sweater. movie. He didn't only say it was a warm sweater. He said it was a warm sweater or a 70 degree day with a blowjob. <laughs> yeah. All right. I can't argue I like. with that. Although just, sometimes it gets too hot for a blowjob. Yeah, no, all right. All right. no such thing. But it, it, like the physical comedy to me, it, like Daniel Stern is unbelievable. Joe Pet, like physical comedy today is, is so contrived and shitty. Like the fact that he was stepping on those ornaments and they were made out of sugar, but he still said it hurt. Oh, like uh, the, uh, the, the falling, the paint cans, like yeah. all this shit, like still to this day makes me laugh. Like, uh, you know, it just does. And I don't know, to me, it's just a perfect Christmas movie for me. I, I would give it like an 8.5, honestly, yeah. like, like, it's one of those movies you watch it like maybe not every year. Maybe I skip and rotate like next. Like I watched it this year. Next year, I watch Home Alone 2. Then the year after I watch Home Alone 1. But what about just, Home Alone 3? What does that fit in the rotation? <laughs> nowhere. Nowhere, sir. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, you know, it's like I get like you can pick apart the movie. There's there's logical flaws here and there. But again, it's not they're not trying to make some high art farty you know movie here it's just, it's a family movie and it's excellent at what it's trying to do and it's good enough at all the other things to where it's just an overall good solid movie it's a torture porn family movie yeah, yeah. maybe kim McAllister grew up to be jigsaw in the saw films we don't know that <laughs> that i buy that is actually his trajectory right there so nick gives it an eight and a half brad h schultz four good god look at that these notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com where you can drop a note and say hello or to, you know, to do a sponsorship with us. That's where you get a hold of us. And thank you again for those five-star ratings, two or three sentence reviews. Notes, I forgot John Williams did the score for this when I until I saw the credits. That being said, this is the worst John Williams score ever. <laughs> it's not even close. Schultz, you said it best. The whole nee, nee, nee. Oh. Oh. Holy shit. The one I do like the frenetic when they're getting when they realize they all overslept the fast pace that I'm fine with that. Everything else is just blah. John Williams, though, national treasure. Hell, I'm not I'm an atheist, but he needs to be canonized whenever that man decides to pass. Yep. Make him a saint and I'll go I visit him in Vatican City. Movie. Uh, Catherine, guys, Catherine O'Hara has not aged well. Um, John Hurd has not aged because he's dead. Yeah. If Joe Pesci had a swear jar on set, he must have owed his salary that he made from Goodfellas. I would have loved to see him try and stifle all the curse words around all those kids. That would be a, a joy to see that in action. I hated that too. The Michel Fluckle, Schmeekel Fluckle took me out of it when he's doing everything but swearing. Yeah. Whereas his Christmas Story's it. old man did. I what? love that. That was great. What's the, worst thing, what's the worst thing that he says? It's some, he lets one thing go and it's something like, I'm going to drop you in the thing of motor bite oil. Bite you and, and yeah. bite you. And then he actually yeah. bit Macaulay Culkin. He still has a scar from that, he said. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Stern let a shit out, he said. Daniel Stern, there's a shit out there. From One Daniel. of the funnier ones is you could tell he was searching for the word, maybe. I don't know if it was written, but he goes, I'm going to get you, you little creep. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. creep yeah. is like oh, a yeah. word that aged in a way that like it only means one thing now. So yeah. when it's like, you're like, what, he's a child molester? What are you, what are you talking about? Or he's a teacher at UCB. Yeah. 
next note, too many goddamn gingers in this film for my liking. I am all... <laughs> I am all for genetic engineering in this case. Redhead dudes, you better go underground like the Resistance did in the Terminator films. Run and hide. Run and hide. Is that Miles Teller hanging out with Buzz in that one scene? That sure as shit looked like him to me. Uh, Speaking wow, of... The, the curly-haired kid? Kinda. It was a quick Last flash. Time. Yeah, it looked like him. Uh, speaking of Buzz, he is easily, easily one of the ugliest kid actors I have ever seen. Also in that Ring of Honor, the bully from Christmas Story and the Shermanator from American Pie. Aha! All redheads follows right down my theory. But again, seriously, Buzz looks like that kid who went to school who smelled like sour milk and broken dreams. Who is buying... The at the old man salt that Bud says turns bodies into mummies. Is that like the black, uh, the four chan black market Home Depot? It's the it's the it's, what are they called? Urban legends of a neighborhood. It's yeah. not supposed to make sense. It's or, like the, the fact that he murdered his family and got away with it. Yeah, and just turn the zombies around doesn't make sense. Ten year old kid would go. Eh, like, I don't think so. Or is this just a like metaphor? When I was a kid, they. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, or is that whole zombie salt thing, or is that just a metaphor for bath salts? Maybe that's it. I don't know. And also, like, even before triggers was a word back then, it does trigger anyone from Chicago with regards to just John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> when they start talking about that scene, like, you figure John Wayne Gacy probably used something like that on one of his many boy victims. And it was too much. Frankly, it was a, it was a fuck you to everyone from Chicago. <laughs> Fuller drinking Pepsi while giving the Belushi eyebrow race from Animal House was a cute nod, I thought. Mm. No one caught that? Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Well, uh, right. yeah, I'll give it to you. Uncle Frank is a cheap asshole, and I hope he gets finger popped by a drunken Santa Claus. Wow. He, he really was... They they really they they decided to really lean in on that. It yeah. was sort of like this is this feels pretty straightforward, but we can milk this all throughout this movie. Yeah, I, I disagree with you, Brad. I don't think Kevin McAllister is that much of a brat. I, every adult in this movie. No, I think is he's a, talking about the uncle. No, no, he no, said no, Kevin no, McAllister he, was bratty in the beginning. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Every adult in this film is an asshole, except for John yeah. Candy. Every single one. Kevin's yeah. mom yeah. pretty much tells him he's an asshole and wants to wish him away. Then again, yeah. I bet Macaulay Culkin wished his actual parents were his money siphoning parents. Excuse me, were wished away to debtor's jail or a holding cell in any Russian gulag because they bled that poor kid dry of all of his riches. Ugh. Yeah, that that was one of the things that I picked up this time was just how mean everybody was to him and how well, unnecessary. It's, it's like I know he was a dick too, but like it's like when Buzz fucked with him about the pizza. Well, by the way, it's like when I was a kid. So we grew up with a. I have like I have four, four siblings. There's five of us. If if I got in a fight with my older brother, my mom would yell at my older brother because he knew better. But when right. Buzz and Kevin get into it with the pizza thing and they spill the the coke on his ticket and they throw it in the garbage and all these other things. Uh, they get mad at him, and I'm like, you're not mad at the 15 year old kid who's bullying an eight year old? What that guy's a fucking monster. I agree. The the parenting isn't great long before the uh, the the, they they leave him there. Yeah, right. Yeah, but you know what? Kids gotta learn. Life ain't fair. 
You know, it's not fair, but they had a stacked uh, deck against the kid. The kid wasn't all. Listen, he did. wasn't perfect. But not, they were all jerk offs. Listen, and I'm getting into in a hot second. That statue that keeps getting knocked over by the front door is a typical reoccurring oh, so psych stupid. gag from every yeah. '80s and '90s film or sitcom. They uh, rang that door. That, that one, that that one is to me the one that you talk about editing. Lose that every time. Why? Yeah, right. Why? Yeah. That yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't add anything that. to do a callback like three times on a joke that really isn't that great to begin with. No. Right. Yeah. All right. Now let's get ready for one of my favorite topics on this. They leave for the airport, and as you uh, Chicago natives have said, you know the area well, so you can attest to this. They leave for the airport late. 45 minutes before the flight. Now, I live 20 minutes, 20 to 25 <laughs> minutes from Newark goddamn airport, and I could not get on a plane that fast. I know this is pre-9-11, but I don't know how right. far that suburb is from O'Hare, but there's no goddamn way that they got on that bus, beat the rush town, rush yeah. hour traffic in the morning, got their luggage checked, ran through the lazy-ass metal detectors, and made it on that right. plane in 45 minutes but it's that drama it's happen. drama it's I, drama it's like you know, it's, it's like it's the rule of screenwriting is if you're gonna tie a lady to the tracks make her pregnant right like you gotta make it raise the stakes 45 minutes what that's yeah. the whole Nick, point of it you are a shitty logistics apologist that's what you are <laughs> yeah listen if if i was watching a movie that was supposed to have amazing logistics i would shit on it but this you it's no, again, you I have know. to but acknowledge for what it is but to kev's point it is still a takes me out of it. It's very much based in the real world. And when you see that kind of like, and actually that one didn't really take me out of it as much as you know, a lot of the stuff I already said, but like they, they, they really uh, are lazy about a lot of that stuff. And it does going to get into more of it in a minute. A I know it's a dumb comedy, of course, but. And, and uh, one of the reasons I hate Home Alone 2 as much, they do the same shit, all the same sure. shitty gags. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to be late again. We forget them again. And then the whole ending where they find the, the fucking, the, I can buy in this one, the homeless guy, the homeless guy, the uh, the neighbor saving him. I buy that. I'm on board. I don't buy in the second one, the homeless woman somehow sees a bat signal from all of her pigeons while she's in Central Goddamn Park and he's over on 86 and whatever. You can't hear a ruckus like you can if you're next door. I hate part two for many reasons and that one really kills me. Next point. How is the furnace yeah. in the basement opening and closing as well as spontaneously igniting? Is this a Freddy Krueger wet dream? Again, let's have a little fun, but all it's right. Not, it's, come I know. On. I know. Not, no, listen, I'm just not nitpicking that. I'm going to get to the better shit later, but that's annoying. All right, this all would annoy right, the right. this annoyed the piss out of me. The next morning when they wake up late, the goddamn house is completely clean after being in complete disarray yeah. the night before. What psychopath besides my mother would clean the house where it is real estate open house clean the the night before you leave on vacation? That was batch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the telegraphing crap, the telegraphing, you knew... The gold tooth with Joe, Joe Pesci yeah. when he first notices it, and then he sees him again when he's a robber, right. and then Joe Pesci loses the tooth. What do you know? Even in 1990, what do you know? Well, everything will be perfect, but they'll find the fucking tooth. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, he cleaned up the house perfectly, but there's Joe Joe Pesci's gold tooth, which I- X marks the spot, but, uh, dummies. Pay attention. Yeah. 
Next yeah. one. What are some of the guys, what are some of the things you did when your parents were gone for an extended period of time? I could tell you one thing I did, and that is beat off with all the doors unlocked. <laughs> Alfred got my, I'm sorry, Brad got my eight-year-old brother drunk. I remember that when my parents were gone uh, at one certain party. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, no. I mean, I was not, not guilty, but like, yeah. How old were you guys? And, I don't know. It was like 36. That's the thing when you're, when you get an eight year old drunk, it's like, I hope you're 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're like, I mean, 17. he was 10. Can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Nice to see Kevin channeling. Oh, Kevin's mom channeling Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like when he learned that Alderaan blew up as when Kevin McAllister's mom was on the plane going, Kevin. Now, how in the double-ended dildo hell did she realize she forgot him? They did a head count in the van. They didn't view a physical verification. It was a sister who did that anyway. It's not like she went back to coach like a good mother would do and buckle all of her kids in, make sure they're comfortable. No, Mommy Dearest had to head right to first class beeline and get her champagne on and ignore her hatchlings. So how the hell did she know that Kevin was the one that was missing and that she forgot? It's, it's, it's I know, because if you have that feeling like you left something behind, it's gonna occur to you, oh shit, I didn't see Kevin in the airport at all. Like eventually you're gonna get there. I totally buy that, especially as a mom, you're gonna, you're gonna well, go, they, oh fuck. They do explain it. And it to you you got it and you didn't even realize you got it. It was a little Obi-Wan. Kevin gets scared about something and he says, Mom, and she wakes up from a nap, and it is like <laughs> between the Stop mom it. and the kid, and she's like, no. Get it. Like she gets it because she's so entwined with her kids, man. And this ugh. is gonna this is tying in my next point. Now, this podcast has done a lot of good and a lot of bad, and it's gotten my jeweler's <laughs> loop. So it is now at a 2010 level of site uh excellence. And and by doing that in this podcast, we have seen one, two, three, four, five. This is the sixth, sixth, I guess. Actually, I take that eighth, sixth John Hughes film, two of the vacation films we've done. So I guess we'll call it eight. John Hughes loves psychopathic main characters. Ferris Bueller is a psychopath. Uh, uh, Ducky is a psychopath. Clark Griswold is a psychopath. Now let me introduce Kevin's mom again. She gets out of the airport, pushes the French lady off the phone. Listen, bitch, just because Dyfus is going to get to your kid faster than you can to your kid doesn't give you the right to be that annoying asshole. And just run to an airline counter and ask to use the phone there, all right? I don't think that woman, I don't think she has two French toonies and loonies. I don't know what you call Franks back in the day, the coins, whatever we're going to call it. I don't care. I'm not going to Google. I'm sure Schultz did. What a psychopath. More on that in a minute. The sergeant taking the call to police station, someone mentioned this movie before, is Billy Madison's lawyer friend. Did you catch that? Mm-hmm. I did. For John Hurd, we all know he's an ultra-rich guy, right? Why does he have brute cologne? That's reserved for people who camp out overnight in front of a Best Buy on Thanksgiving Eve. Because they put like 40 grand in the budget. <laughs> Wait, yeah. I thought that was really fancy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, no more. But, but regarding the phone, yeah. real quick, to stop, to stop to halt you. But like, if you're just thinking from a filmmaker's perspective, is like the shot is you. The woman has to go get on a payphone. Mm-hmm. How do you make that more interesting? Is like you push a French lady out of the way. It's just uh-huh. like it's just movies, you know. Like you can't just have her walk up to an empty phone or have her see wait play. patiently. See for, play. Yeah, wait forty <laughs> seconds patiently with a. Fi- no, no, you finish. It's fine. I'm not in the mood. Like you know what I mean. It's it's. it's How much has the invention of the cell phone destroyed idiot? I know. Right? It's I know. Like, <laughs> 
episode, <laughs> Commando. Yeah. Commando, she would have been dead in, f- in the first 10 minutes of the yeah. film. Every episode of Seinfeld doesn't work with yeah. because of cell phones. Yeah. Next one. There are more There are more black people at a march on Charlottesville than in a John Hughes movie. <laughs> <laughs> you can cash yeah. in the under black people or any people really under two and a half and lay 15,000 and you can cash that bet every single yeah. time. Even yeah. the lady who worked at the bodega, whatever you want to call it, was just a white lady. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, like maybe the pizza boy was closetly gay, but that's as much. Uh, yeah, that's you all know, you're going uh, uh, yeah. to get. To play devil's advocate, uh, and I don't want to throw Bill under the bus in terms of what his upbringing was, but. Um, and he used to actually quite literally throw me under buses. <laughs> um, but, like Norberg and Naked Gun two and a half? John Hughes, John Hughes isn't, um, he isn't dreaming up a parallel universe where there no, are no yeah. people other than wealthy white people. It's literally yeah. where he's from. There are nothing but. Well, yeah. off people like yeah. like period. Unless you go to Highwood, oh. uh, which that is- doesn't count. Don't well Highwood. I thought you said Highland Park. No Highwood. Uh, Highwood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no Highwood. Yeah, I'm counting. I'm counting. I'm counting. I'm counting uh, well off Jews. In the I was going to say Bradley. But by the way, but by the way, try and find <laughs> try and find me a well off Jew in a John Hughes movie. You're not going to find nope. one. Either. Good point. Yeah. Nope. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. Kevin McAllister doing his best Fred Norris impression with the sound effects when the pizza guy came a call, and I appreciated that. Uh, yeah. he, he's also pushing a grocery cart full of grocery of items, but he walks out with two measly bags worth of stuff. That's it. Uh, yeah. And then the bags break. Hey, should have asked for paper and plastic. Again, he's only eight. I get it. But he has a lifetime ahead of him before he takes a job at a supermarket, bagging groceries and pushing carts and dealing with a store manager who was an ex-Marine and made employees sweep and mop the back room and licked his finger and said it's not clean enough. Oh, wait, that was autobiographical. Sorry about that. <laughs> the, th- thankfully, the, enti- the entire block is on vacation because Bill said it before, when you blast gunshot sound effects that sound like the South Bronx, people get on the phone real goddamn fast. You think? Yeah. You think? It's also like, why are we shitting on the pizza guy? Why, we're not tipping him. We're thinking he's going to get killed. He's just the pizza guy. Like, yeah. God. Like, reserve that for the bad guys, you yeah. know? Uh, who has a better laugh than John Candy? Trick question. Yeah. No one. No yeah. one has a better laugh than John Candy. That man is the most infectious laugh in the world, and it's been a sad place for the last 30-plus years that he's been dead. Yeah. No kidding. Kindergarten is how uneducated people <laughs> pronounce that word that also fly Spirit Airlines and take a carnival cruise. That's who says the word kindergarten in such a I way. fly Spirit. Come on. Uh, is, is there a mall Santa out there who doesn't have a dog track VIP punch card and also doesn't drive a Chevelle? See, what? by the way, wouldn't have that been that was a Charlie's tw- first movie? I think that would have been guy, Charlie's yeah. first role, right? In Ooh, a movie. What? Farley? If Chris Farley got that role as, as a Santa. That would have yeah. been his first yeah, movie Tommy Boy was until, Yeah, Tommy Boy was until 95. Yeah. Unless he did some other piece before that, which like a like a quick uh, day piece. Um, the old guy is asking Kevin McAllister a lot of questions, except for the obvious one: Why the fuck are you here without your parents? What kid really? <laughs> yeah. What kind of skullduggery are you trying to set on me, John Hughes? Where a kid just goes to church, 
not being forced to do so. That, way, that friends, does not happen. <laughs> that's the second time the old man saw him alone too at the store and then at right. the church, and it never occurred oh, to him. And to be then, like, wait, when he saves his life and then just goes to the cops, here you go. Yeah. I'm assuming there's some, <laughs> there's some parents in there. Yeah. Funny, uh, guys, if I was home alone, the last place I would visit is a church. Now, and now Kevin McAllister is giving no life getting. lessons to that old guy. I'd rather listen to young Sheldon give me lessons on how to be an alpha male. Now the question I need to ask you guys, I'm floored that none of you none of you asked, where did he learn to come up all these Tiger Pit-esque traps? Did he sit outside his dad's bedroom door while he slept and listen to his dad have Vietnam flashbacks? No. Are you kidding me? The kids show no proclivity of anything like that. If he was in the Boy Scouts, I'm all in. I buy it. Right. He's just a regular kid doing regular shit. Now he's rigging up, selling torches and shit. Now he's got, you know, he, by the way, he also hung a rope from the roof to a goddamn treehouse. I don't know how to do that. I'm 46 yeah. years he old. Tied the perfect knot for it. And the other thing too is like he was rushed. Like he was at the church and the bell rang. He goes, "Oh fuck, yeah. I gotta be home." Right. He rushes <laughs> home, and then he gets there like a, like a quarter after seven, maybe. So he has like an hour and thirty Eats minutes dinner. to do all. And so then he he, he heats up yeah. the microwave. Like that's that's where you go. All right, that was, I thought of that too. I was watching. It. I was like, Joanne Sachinski brought that up. Like. Okay, you got a lot of prep work to do, kid, but you're yeah. just getting a napkin out and you're making your perfect Falling little meal. <laughs> the, the meal the meal was after he set up, but the, the problem was is he did all the setup between like <laughs> seven fifteen and eight forty-five. Yeah. Like he even if the movie it, he, was made now, it would be called the young Elon Musk story. because uh, he's uh, like Kevin McAllister is Elon now, I think. Right. If that he was, even yeah. he even lit a candle to eat Chef Boy RD. What the hell is going on here? I got I got it. Was he said I gotta protect my house. Yeah. 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 Uh, and now we see that in a Liam Neeson film, but at the time it was a <laughs> throwaway line for a kid. Yeah. If this script was circulating Hollywood today, they wouldn't make it a Liam Neeson movie. <laughs> <laughs> this which film, i would watch the fuck out of by yeah the way. who wouldn't <laughs> this film would have been better if joe pesci dressed not as a cop but dressed as david ferry the character he played in jfk <laughs> nothing yeah. nothing like a defrock priest who is a gay cross-dresser that breaks into upper middle class houses i'd be all in for that one it's a riddle wrapped in an enigma, enigma. Macaulay. <laughs> <laughs> Love that film. All right, let's call out the obvious. This kid gets all these traps ready, like he's trying to trap Freddy Krueger in the real world. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't call the cops to say, I know what time these people are going to try and break in my house and kill me. Why did you do that? And Oh, hell, yeah. why not just call 911 when you hear fumbling at the back door? Come on. Again, I'm all about the escapism. I'm all about the suspending the disbelief. I can, the matrix, you set the confines of the, of the world you want to do, fine. But when there are so many moments, like I just showed you, I'm so taken out of it. Now, I will say the part calling 911 was part of his plan. But he just wanted to fuck him up a little bit beforehand. Like, yeah, he called I don't take that chance. Weirdly enough, I didn't. Did, did you guys pick up why he's he called nine one one and said the other house across the street because yeah. he was going to end up there? Like, I don't. No he didn't idea. Want, I don't think he wanted the cops to know that he was home alone. 
yeah, because that's like, what I was because thinking. Because he too. felt yeah. like he wished away his parents, and right. so that's a whole I other thing. You're going, you're going way too, you're going way too mad on that. I don't buy that for a goddamn second. I just think it was sloppy, uh, sloppy framing. Uh, oh, eight, like the whole movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. An eight-year-old. I said this before, but is, he 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 attaches a rope from the roof to the treehouse. Is he the adopted son of a gay marriage between Tim Allen and Bob Vila? Did I miss something? <laughs> No. Okay, exhibit X to this court of shenanigans. Joe Pesci walks into the house, gets his head torched, and stands perfectly still for a good four Mississippi. What person who has no nerve endings left in their head just stands there while their head's getting flambéed? I will see you that and raise you this. If you watch a scene, he blinks. He blinks a couple right. times while he's screaming. Yeah. Like, this is funnier. It's a comedy. It's It's If he walked in and it, if he walked in the door and a fire came down and he he ducked and left, it's not as funny as him standing there getting burnt. It's it's a comedy. Put to By the way, I have, have, a recommendation, have the I have a recommendation for all of you. You know how like you've got the Darth Vader uh, you know, being burned? And that's a Yule log on YouTube. There is a new, <laughs> there's a new Yule log where it's just Joe Pesci with the fire on his head. Oh, that's funny. Like four hours, and that's you can put great. it on your screen and just have, let it keep going. Yeah. But listen, I understand the county part. Have his jacket catch fire. Have them try and put each other out while the one is on fire. The other one catches fire. There are a million other ways to do it. That's better than just one, two, three, four. As he's you know getting cooked. Um, why did he call nine one one and change his voice? <laughs> and then give his neighbor's address. You're 10 seconds away from dying, and then you send the cops next door? Yeah, the Daniel's cops are going to come faster if you're a little kid calling. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why to put on a, hello, this is me. I'm Liam Neeson now. I know I did Liam Neeson. I, Maybe I, he thought I, I, that they would think it was a joke. Yeah. Do you think, generally speaking, if you can um, figure out how to create all those uh, feats of engineering, you probably have the wherewithal to go, I got to go to the cops and just tell them that I'm, I'm at, people are trying to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. My my parents paying $35,000 a year in property taxes. Let's put the local police force to work. That's right. Next one. Daniel Stern steals the show without question. Uh, I I love him. And and Joe Pesci muttering curses under his breath like Yosemite Sam did in Looney Tunes. That took me back. I love it. I hated that. I hated it. Now, the mother arrives, and the place is as spotless as they left it. They just had the Crimean War happen in there, and there's not a speck of dirt anywhere. Of course, Joe <laughs> Pesci's tooth. Uh, to which the coolest this dad picks up. DNA of Daniel yeah. Stern and yeah. Joe Pesci all over the yeah, fucking yeah, carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the dad finds a tooth and goes, huh, well, look at this. I'll be damned. No idea what this is from. Like, yeah, how did he clean the tar off the steps? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And like it's like a, a a false tooth is something you track in like muddy footprints, right, guys? Listen, have you seen an? How old is he now in this film? Eight years old. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen an eight year old clean anything where it's not as bad or worse than what it was when you first started? Yeah. No. Yeah. I have a yeah. seven year old. She's just as bad. Uh, did they have the cleaning clue from the John Wick films come in here and take care of things? Did I miss that? This little fucker has everything spit shine like he's in the Marine boot camp. That doesn't happen. And, but by the way, clean up the entire house, but not Buzz's room. Right. Yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that as a nice fuck And you by the way, that's where the Playboy yeah. was. I, yeah. The first yeah. place I'd go is to make sure no one saw me looking at the Playboy. Right. Yeah. 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 This movie is tolerable, but it coasts on two things. Culkin's precociousness as well as Stern and Pesci. That is it. This story has a ton of flaws I just pointed out, and it's so many to overlook. 
explain how an eight-year-old who shows zero proclivity of wreaking havoc on his family or his teachers or any kind of thing is able to suddenly John Rambo shit out of nowhere. No, don't buy that. Uh, I saw it in the theater when I was 14. I liked it. I, my daughter and I watched it. Like I said, she's seven. Walked out after 45 minutes. That's a telltale sign. You know what she didn't get up to go get, get go, go leave? Toy Story, Spider-Man No Way Home, and Spider-Verse. What does that tell you? Like a ton of John Hughes films, the luster has worn off. It's not as bad as the Molly yeah. Ringwald trilogy. Those are all trash. Hated them from jump. Hate them even more as an adult. This is nowhere near as good as Uncle Buck. Nowhere near as good as Plane Trains Fast. and Automobiles. Fast. Nowhere near as good as Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This is far better than Home Alone 2, but that's not saying much being that film stinks. Five and a half out of ten. Ugh. Well, and by the way, that brings up a good point. Brad, do your daughters like uh, Home Alone? Yeah, they like it. I don't think they like it the, the way that I like it. Bingo. Yeah. Oh, again, traitor. But mm-hmm. uh, so, but they're not. They're, 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 their attention is not held. Nah, while watching they, they, uh, one of my daughters watched it when I was rewatching it. She was, you know, she wasn't like, uh, yeah, you know, losing her mind. Kids watch like kids watch YouTube now, though. They don't yeah. even watch TV. Yeah. Like kids yeah. entertainment's so it's different. More, more my daughter thing. watches plenty of movies. I mean, she watches YouTube too. I'm not obviously going to disagree with that. But again, I know it's a family film. I, there's a lot of leeway you give, but man, and first of all, this is a comedy. I don't know how many times I laughed. Maybe, maybe smirked twice. Let me ask you this though: yeah. How many movies can you put on for like a group of like nine people in a family to where the from down the line from the eight year old to the fifty five year old everybody can sit and watch the same thing and enjoy it to some degree? A Christmas story. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> okay, okay. So you know what I mean though. But there's not like that. Like usually, if you put on a kids family movie, the adults are like, "This is terrible." No, yeah. Yeah, you're you know, right. Or you yeah. put out on a more of an adult movie, the kids hate it. This movie, like I growing up, we would all watch. My dad would watch. My dad hated Christmas. He would watch this movie. Like there, like it, there's something about a movie like this that that's it's an impressive feat to do that exactly. Did it age well? I thought it was good, but may, maybe I'm just uh, too close to it. Yeah. Let's see what the elbow patch pipe smoking dildos have to say. Critics, five star reviews. You can never go wrong with frequent Home Alone viewings because the laughs never end. Ugh. They never started. Nick, you love <laughs> Thank you. Nick, you love this. How many times did you honest to God laugh? Dude, I laughed out loud at like at least four of the times they got they got they fell like the fucking the gun to the head thing when he puts his head through the door that gets Funny. Me every time. That's good. Pesci going from a treehouse, hilarious. Uh, the 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 fucking foot on the ornaments, like, and then when he goes, what, what, why? Where'd you take your shoes off? There's so many good lines. Like, is it uh, is it like a fucking Caddyshack level comedy? Of course not. No, but it's not. It's, it's it's not supposed to be. So okay. I like. I, and I don't like the torture porn type stuff, but I love physical humor. I'm a moron. I like the dumbest type of humor possible. And, and it has nothing to do with lines, but anytime Macaulay Culkin screams, and my favorite one is when uh, the wet bandit's truck gets right up to his nose, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> any of that, I'm laughing. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. There are moments, but they're not, I don't think it's frequently enough. They call it a consistent comedy. Uh, next one. The degree to which Home Alone's various components work and work exceedingly well is generally nothing short of astonishing. Mm. Mm. Oh, God. Yeah. The, I, cor- I, yeah. the yeah, it's a eh. 
No. The charisma of Macaulay Culkin match with the intelligent script by John Hughes makes this the definitive holiday story that is appealing to all ages. I, I agree, agree with that. I think Brad was right with Elf. I think Elf takes the the shelf as like the yes. Christmas movie that like I was just saying that adults and kids can all watch yes, together. Sir. Like yep. Elf is Elf is fucking outstanding. I had not seen a PG movie in years before Elf that I laughed at. Elf absolutely right. yeah. yes that was you didn't laugh at toy story that, that shit's hilarious no toy story sucks <laughs> i wish for your urethra to be invaded by a colony <laughs> of fire ants those That's first how three I films felt when i was watching toy story <laughs> those first three films are all perfect tens they're uh, all love perfect them. tens. love them they're all right they're, they're all right. perfect i don't hate them i don't hate them next but, one yeah. Tuned into two key elements. The joyfulness of Steven Spielberg's E.T. Not even close, asshole. Not even close. And the perennial chase of Tom and Jerry cartoons. I was chasing for laughs with Tom and Jerry for years, and I never got them, guys, which is why I'm firmly in Camp Looney Tunes. Tom and Jerry sucked. I never got that. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, horrible. Critics, one-star reviews. A better director could have helped the film out considerably, even saved it, but even then, the script is tremendously weak by Hugh standards or anybody else's. Anybody else's. I don't know why I said it like that. Next one, we got a reviewer's a sense of humor. Uh, everyone involved ought to be set home alone with no supper. What? That's just mean. Zing. Home Alone is the apex, the pinnacle, the culmination of every bad bit Hughes has ever written or directed. I'm not going that far. That's that's a bridge too far for me. Go watch 16 Candles or... or uh, oh, them, I like 16, uh, 16 oh, Candles. It's all problematic now. I mean, it's date rape. It's Asian things. Breakfast not great Club. Mass, but, yeah. but, uh, but 16 Candles are funny. It's a funny movie. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If Home Alone had limited itself to the things that possibly might happen to a forgotten eight-year-old, I think I would have liked it more. See? Mm. And that was Roger, Roger Eber wrote that. Another Chicago oh. boy. Love Ebert. Amazon five-star reviews. We love the movie, but with all the new ways to watch movies online, some companies are getting greedy and keeping the movies and making them proprietary. And to even watch even classic movies, you now have to pay. Signed, Ralph Nader. That makes sense. Weird. Huh. A lot of uh, Amazon reviews get angry that if they're old, that you have to pay for them. No. So, like, I guess Gone with the Wind, they should be paying you to watch. Is it because it's that old? Yeah. Yeah. I've never Next, seen Gone with the Wind. It's I, not I, good. I, Did I, it in this very podcast. You can think of a lot of things that I would like and and that I believe should be free of charge. I'm not sure that an older movie is one of them. But I agree. Yeah. Next one. 16. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Anyone who believes in him will not die, but will have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to judge the world. He sent his son to save the world through him. John 3.16. This person wrote an Amazon review and dropped the John 16. Who wrote this? The guy with the rainbow wig who sits in the first row behind home plate at baseball games? Yes. <laughs> Next one. The Godfather is only the second best movie ever made next to this. Wow. <laughs> That's just trolling. That, yeah, he doesn't believe that. Just, yeah. oh. 
what else is there more to say? Kevin is an alpha male at a young age. He's able to engineer all sorts of contraptions and take down Chicago's most fearsome duo, the Wet Bandits. This is it. Don't get scared now. Is a philosophical quote that will stay with me for the rest of my life. Whenever I'm about to go through something stressful or probably traumatic. Philosophical. <laughs> I know no stress I can confront could ever measure up to an eight-year-old defending his family's house. Yeah, I like this movie, and some of these I'm like, dude, come on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what are you stuff. doing? What are you That's doing? Stuff. You're overthinking it. All right. If you think that was bad, here comes the uh, the insurance guy who's the fifth funniest in his office who thinks he can kill it in comedy. Ready? If you've never seen this movie, then welcome to Earth. This is what we call a moving picture. There is a subset of moving pictures that take place around a gift giving, sorry, a gift giving holiday created to honor the economic system of capitalism. We worship capitalism here, and once a year we buy things for each other and we open all those gifts on one day to honor capitalism. This movie gets boring fast and we pass the time, this, sorry, this holiday gets boring fast, and one way we, one way we pass the time is by watching moving pictures that take place on this holiday. There are thousands of moving pictures in this subset. Most moving pictures that focus on the events of this holiday are not entertaining. Home Alone, is entertaining. If you are new here and want to experience one of the best moving pictures in the subset category of honoring our capitalist holiday, then watch Home Alone. Was that like written and then translated into another language, then back into English? Like, who's writes like that? And what a bad, just annoying take about everything. A bummer. The person you're like, we're having Thanksgiving at our house. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Amazon one-star reviews. We wanted to watch this classic as a family with our kids. 10 to 15 minutes was all we could handle before turning it off in disgust. This show had no redeeming values at all. Unless you're okay with your kids being exposed to a completely dysfunctional family where hating and degrading each other is seen as humorous, bad parenting is supposed to be applauded and foul language, teenage teen sexuality and pornography are seen as normal then i highly recommend you pick a different show and wow. good grief the uh, the horrible acting cringeworthy teen sexuality please indulge us did barbara bush write that like what the yeah. fuck dude <laughs> on the he surface did... oh, sorry go ahead brad no I, i'm just curious where what what, what movie were they watching yeah <laughs> just... yeah Pornography. I mean, you're, oh, never mind. By the way, they taped the, the, the Playboy shut so Macaulay Culkin couldn't actually leaf through the Playboy. Mm. Next one. On the surface, this may seem like harmless entertainment, but this stuff like this one is one of many examples why millennials and their children are so screwed up. <laughs> By the way, remember my comment about how uh, the movie needed a better editor? I do believe this podcast is officially longer than the movie. We've never gone <laughs> this <laughs> long before. You guys were gabbing. Wait, wait, the wait, wait. We're leaving no stone unturned, though. You know, this is, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. We're gonna have Joe Rogan come on and do three more hours about the same movie. So <laughs> good God, almost done. Language swearing. We had to stop <laughs> watching after five minutes. Guys, the first five minutes are the credits with the John Williams score with the house lighting up. Stop lying. <laughs> I don't like this movie. I don't get this movie. It's overrated. To me, it's stupid and boring. Signed, Madeline Albright. Uh, I guess she doesn't like it Weird. either. Weird. No, but she's quite Nick hero. Whitmer did, <laughs> did, did Bill or Brad gut the sacred cow or both of them? 
I think uh, you, I know where he was. I think you, <laughs> I think you gutted it more than well. Bill went hard on it. I will say that uh, I I still like it. I st- I still love. I mean, I I get some of the points, uh, but to me, I, I don't think it's not losing any score uh, from where it was before this podcast. Wow! Didn't even make a, a dent in your uh, yeah. in your in your in your impression of it, huh? All right. So be it. Well, guys, this was fun, lengthy but fun. <laughs> I shall say. Brad Morris, Bill Schultz, Nick Whitmer, Kevin Goatee. We all love you. Thanks a ton for listening to us yet again for another week. And we'll see you next time on Gutting the Sacred Cow. Take care, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thank you.